You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shurgunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses, are you ready to get your financial life in order? Once and for all, as soon as possible? Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Do you often lose track of how much money you have to spend? Do you want to get your financial life together, but just don't quite know how? I am with you. I've been there. I've struggled through all of these. And I know you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get better. So why do you continue to struggle? I know you can get your own money in order. It took me years to figure out. It took me years of pain, struggle, frustration, anger. But you don't have to go through all of that. You don't even have to get a financial planning degree like I did in order to be successful. Allow me to present to you my Money Flow system, a free playbook of how you can automate your finances, even if you hate budgeting. After you download this free playbook, you will never have to worry about budgeting and who likes that budgeting thing anyway. You will stop accumulating debt and create a bulletproof plan of how to quickly pay it off. You will be able to pinpoint exactly what your income and expenses are. You will never have to miss a single bill again. And you will always, always have a solid idea of how much money is in each of your accounts. So head over to money-flowsystem.com to download my free Money Flow Playbook, a blueprint to streamline your finances in less five or five weeks. Guaranteed. Head over to money-flowsystem.com. Who doesn't want to get great education at a fraction of the cost or even free? How is that even possible in a current economic environments where college costs are sky high and graduating students have debt. The average federal student loan debt balance in 2023 after graduation is going to be $37,000. And of course, there's a boatload of private debt. My guest today is Shelley Howard, who is a certified education consultant and for the last 15 years has helped families send their children to the best fit college debt-free. In the last two and a half years, her students earned over $20 million in scholarships, and her mission is to help 1 million more families do the same. We're going to discuss practical steps you can start taking. When is the good time to start exploring this topic of how do we get scholarships for our education of our kids? and where you can find that free money that we're talking about. So I invite you to join our discussion. 
Hey, Money Bosses. Welcome back. I am so excited for today's conversation. Shelly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So we are talking today about how you can get your child in a dream college and how can they graduate debt-free. Now, when I put those two together, it's almost like seems impossible um, <laughs> given the current environment we in where the cost of college is through the roof. Most families, and I say that statistic from all the financial plans I've created, aren't quite adequately saved enough to have money to pay for college. And then of course they want their kids to go to the best you know school that they can dream of. So like, how do you put all of those things together? I know it's a lot of questions. And so we're gonna <laughs> dive and unpack. Um, but I know that you're specifically focused on, on this aspect of this question. So let's begin by uh, maybe talking a little bit about how do parents, like what are some of the first initial steps um, as you embark on this on this topic altogether? I, I think that's a great place to start. Probably the most often asked question is when do I start? And then what do I do? But let's address the first one so people can get their minds wrapped around the idea. The best time to start, if there is a best time, is when your child is ready to talk about college. So it could be when you're on a family vacation and you go and you see the art museum and then you go and see Harvard or Yale or Dartmouth or any iconic university that's been around forever because there's a lot of culture there and just make it like you would any other uh area for conversation um then it comes down to about middle school is when a student's really starting to get the maturity of wait a minute at some point i'm going to leave my parents home and i'm going to adult somewhere around 18 and college is probably going to happen then. And all right, I'm I'm ready to have that conversation. Why is such a great time? We start students as young as seventh grade. On average, most people don't figure out to start until their junior year in high school. So for all those parents who are panicking right now, don't panic. You're you're more in the norm. But for parents who really want to do it without debt, the sooner they plan, the better. Because just like your reaction, people are shocked when I tell them that this year our students received over $20.4 million in merit scholarships on top of need base. So that means there is a ton of money out there, more than the stock market. Unfortunately, you just don't know where to find it. I've been doing this 16 years and I have successfully over the years, help students get into school and graduate without debt. Now, keep in mind, the student must do their part. You can't do nothing and expect everything. I tell adults, the easiest way to think about it is if you own a business and somebody brings you an application with no experience, how much are you going to pay them? Minimum wage. If they come with a very deep, awesome resume that shows that they're going to make your job and your life easier, you're going to hire them and pay them top dollar. College is a business. And as soon as people take the emotion out of it and look at it as you would to buy a home, 
right? You would never let your 17 year old buy you a home and figure it out on the way. That would be terrifying, right? Or even yes. go letting them buy a car without you being there. It's terrifying. And I can say that because I've been doing this long enough to know that there are people who leave it up to their 16, 17 or 18 year old. And that is why they are not getting any scholarships is because these kids just don't know how. Mm -hmm. That's where the challenge comes in. No, totally. And so it, and I like that you pointed out that it's the job for both the parents and the students. And it's a, such a, such an interesting balance to strike um, because I get to see the, the very beginning of this, right? When, when, when somebody just shows up at my door and says, we're just about to buy our first house and have, a, have our first child, how much do we save for that college, right? Mm -hmm. It's a really simple mathematical calculation. This is when they're going to go to college. This is what it costs. This is your savings. Can you do that, right? But Presenting this opportunity to to qualify for scholarships, right, is a complete, you know, a big unknown. And those younger parents that are thinking about this, they said, "There's no way in the world I would know how to do something like that." But there are parents who show up at my doors who are just about to send their kids to college, like in three or four months. And how the hell do we pay for that, right? <laughs> so, yeah. is are we late? Are we like, if we're facing like the first, you know, tuition bill coming up, like in the next two, three, four months or in the in next year, are we late to this game? What can we still do anything to qualify for scholarships? So Anna, that is a brilliant question. And let me put it to your, you and your listeners this way. If you plan for retirement three months before you retire, how successful will you be? Yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> I'm nodding my head. <laughs> Same. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. We cannot not plan. If you fail to plan, you, you're going to plan to fail. So for those people who are just the ones that are like, oh, we'll figure it out when they get in, you know, or we'll use our retirement or, you know, we'll, we'll mortgage our house. Or I've heard some really crazy strategies and I will tell families, my firstborn went to Harvard. He graduated without debt. My secondborn went to University of Alabama, graduated without debt. My thirdborn is at San Francisco State. He'll graduate without debt. And my fourth is in the Czech Republic of Prague. And she's actually going to make money on the deal. So those are just my own kids that I can speak to. But there's hundreds, there's thousands of students that we've worked this process, but it's like anything else. If you don't know, it will cost you. It's like, if you put all your money in a 529, that may not be a good strategy for your family. It may be the only strategy that you know of, but that doesn't mean it's the best strategy. It can actually harm a student getting scholarships. So parents are floored when they hear this because they're like, wait a minute, that's what I was told to do when they were newborns. And I'm like, it depends on person who's helping you plan your finances. If that's all they know, that's all they know. There's nothing you can do about it. But what I'm helping families understand is one, there is so much money out there that goes untapped 
literally hundreds of thousands of dollars that go untouched. Colleges are trying to give away. Parents are shocked. There are 10 colleges that charge no tuition in the U.S. Wow. Most people are like, there's no way I've never heard of them. Well, they probably don't have a D1 football team. So mm-hmm. it's just because you haven't heard of them doesn't mean they don't exist. So College Ready is on a mission to help families truly understand the student needs a standout strategy, just like they do a resume for a job. And the parents need to get their financial house in order, which is what you do, Anna, right? I don't do that. I don't sell financial products, but I can tell you what do colleges look for for the student and what do colleges look for in a financial application? That is how you go to college debt free. That's awesome. So let's dive in a little bit into that because, and I'm just using this question as most recent experience I've had with friends. Um, my, my husband's partner daughter is applying for college just this is a year. And so she finally received all of the, you know, admissions or, or all of the responses from her for, from her applications. So one of the conversations I've heard for the last like six months is like, you have to have a really high GPA. Oh my gosh, these kids are, and she's taken all the AP classes and the G, GPA and some of her, some unheard numbers. I thought GPA capped at four, four, four point oh. I've never heard that there's a GPA that's like 4.6. I'm like, what does that even mean? So can you clarify that? Is there such Absolutely. thing? Yes. So the, at most colleges now, Students are being evaluated on a weighted GPA, which is a 5.0, which means for every honors award, honors class, college prep class, uh, advanced placement class, inter baccalaureate class, or dual enrollment class, there is a weighted GPA. So if a student takes all easy classes in high school, the most they can get is a 4.0. But for students who are looking to challenge themselves and stand out, they can take as many APs as that school offers. So it is critical. The number one most important thing is their GPA. It's proof of concept. Mm -hmm. It is, yes, but at the same time, I really want parents to hear this. There are colleges for every GPA. I have students with a 3.0 GPA who are getting into college, Mm -hmm. but they're not getting into a top tier Ivy League college. But really what a student who's getting a 3.0 thrive in that environment is the question I ask. So it's really about the academic fit, right? Do they want to be the big fish in the small sea or the small fish in the big sea? Mm -hmm. Then you have the social fit. Are these people who they want to befriend, potentially find a mate, people who will be their alumni group. Is this their social life that's going to be a good fit? And then finally, the financial fit. How will your family pay for this? Will it be merit scholarships, need-based scholarships, independent scholarships, or loans? But that all needs to be discussed before the family picks colleges. It's like buying a house and then asking, how will I afford this? You can't do that. (laughs) 
you have to you have to pre-qualify, right? I can afford this mortgage payment. Therefore, I can't look at a multi-billion dollar home because I can't afford it. But yet mm-hmm. parents are taking loans mm-hmm. to buy things that they can't afford. So it is a very challenging thing because one, it's not necessary, but two, there are plenty of other colleges that the family wouldn't have to go into debt for. Isn't there this balance of, like you said, you know, you have a child that went to Harvard and it's such a, it's such an important, like, you know, thing that you could strive for. Right. But I like what you mentioned because is it a good fit, right? Is this child going to strive in that environment? It's awesome, you know, if you can get accepted and even go for free, but is that the balance you want to strike? And then on the other hand, parents are struggling with this idea is like, I've got to do the best for my child. Yes, I'm going to borrow. I'm going to delay, right? My retirement or they don't, sometimes that's, those dots are not even connected in their head, right? Because it's an emotional decision that you make. Yeah. So yeah, how do, how do you, it's almost like somebody needs to hit you on the head and say, what are you doing? <laughs> Wake up, yeah. right? Well, when we help families get clarity around what is a good major for the, for the child, what is a good career? Will a robot be doing it in five years? How long will they have to go to college and how much debt would they have to incur? I call it like any other business decision, what is your return on investment of time and money, right? You would never make an investment knowing you're going to go into debt and not get out of it. That's not a wise investment. So if a student or a family is investing in a university that they are going to be in debt and not be able to buy a house for 30 years, is that the best return on investment for that child? It depends on what they want to be. If they want to go into botany mm-hmm. and they want to, you know, plant plants, there's no reason they need to go to NYU to do that. It is not going to be a good return on investment. But if a, a child wants to go and be an engineer and graduate from MIT, they will never have to look for a job for the rest of their life. That is a good investment. Mm -hmm. So we help families. Let's think about this. If your child wants to be an entrepreneur, nobody's ever asked me where my diploma is from, even though they're all behind me, but nobody's ever asked me that. And so for my firstborn, you know, his dream of being a surgeon, that was his path. He had to go to college. There was no other way he could do his dream job. But for other students who maybe want to own their own business or go into real estate or, I mean, there's a zillion things, there are other paths. College is a great path, but does it need to be a certain college or is that just like, you know, a brand name? Mm -hmm. That's the question I ask. Yes. No, I, I, I get that. And it, and it, again, trying to remove this emotional part of the decision and start to, to think rationally. So with, with the services that you offer, talk a little bit about how, and like, what do you guys help families with um, in this process? 
So depending on when they start, right, um, middle school or high school, everybody comes in at a different time. I have students who start in eighth grade and students who start one month before applications are due. Let's get real. They're like, I've got it. I've got it. Oh my goodness. I don't have it. They panic. So what our program offers is a custom plan for that student. We have small group plans. We have do-it-yourself plans. I have a best-selling book, How to Send Your Student to College Without Losing Your Mind or Your Money, which I call is the foundation. But we have something for every student. If your student doesn't know what kind of career or how much money they need to live on their own, we have a program for that. If they have questions that they can't get answers to and be careful what you Google, we have a program for that. If the student is like, I want a top tier Ivy League school, we have a program for that. Mm -hmm. If you're scared to death that it's going to cost you an arm and a leg, we have a program for that. So what does that mean? We offer a complimentary discovery call for anybody listening to this podcast and also a free copy of my best-selling book. All they have to do is go to freebook.collegereadyplan.com and I will send them a free book. That's the foundation. From mm -hmm. there, we step it up each level. So it what it looks like is we help the student understand the seven things colleges are looking for their academia, how much rigor do they need? How many AP, how many IB, how many dual enrollment? Then we have a testing strategy. Do you take the SAT or the ACT? Do you take the AP test or do you do, you do the IB program? We have a strategy for that. We have what's called passion with purpose, which is probably my favorite part of my program. And that is every student in our program does a minimum of 200 service hours. Why? Because if every 17-year-old did 200 service hours, our world would be a very different place. That is Shelly's philosophy. <laughs> also, what I have found with my own four children is they learn, do I like people or not? Do I want to market outside and be a sales rep or do I want to work in a lab? Do I like old people or young people? Do I like to lead or follow? So while they're serving their community, they're finding out who they are and what matters, which is ultimately what they need to do to adult. So that program, Passion with Purpose, we help the student first figure out their passion, then figure out what is their purpose, their advocacy, and then we teach them how to lead others to create that change. That is a powerful essay when they're writing to college, mm -hmm. then it's extracurriculars. Are they doing a zillion things and changing all the time and showing immaturity? Or are they so busy doing one sport that they can barely catch enough sleep to study the next day? We help them strike a balance of life and fun and growth and leadership. Colleges are not looking for students to come and sit in a seat. They're looking for students to come and lead others to be brilliant. We help them have a strategy of finding the best letters of recommendation. And then finally, writing essays that colleges want to read. Remember, they have about four to six minutes to read your entire application and your essay. If it is not impressive, they are going to put it in the wrong pile. 
what we do is we create standout strategies that these students will stand out, get noticed and get accepted. And on top of it, receive the big scholarships because colleges want them at their university. Wow. And now I understand why you started in middle school. <laughs> no, this is amazing. Because again, thinking, right, um, that all of this could be done in the three months before you're, you know, supposed to start, uh, you know, your first year of college is definitely not possible. When you talk about the, the scholarships, um, you've mentioned a few times that it's the actual universities who are giving out the scholarships. Is that the only place? What are some of the other resources, if you use them, um, you, you usually have been successful in getting uh, funds for, your, for, for these students? So the big money comes from the universities. I'm talking mm -hmm. like full rides, partial rides, like the real big money. The alumni have very deep pockets. They are willing to spend money to get the good students to come there and keep their school very solid. If for whatever reason, you don't know how to find the most generous schools, the next level would be independent scholarships. So mm -hmm. you just need to be very careful. There's a lot of scholarships we call bait and switch. What happens is the 16 year old sits down at the computer and tells them, yes, my parents own a home. Yes, my parents own a car. Yes, my parents do have that. And all of a sudden you have spam like you can knock it out of because they just sold all that information about your parents. Mm -hmm. So be very careful, parents. I have a whole strategy to help you get out of that without drowning in spam. The other places to look are your employment. Your the place, your place of employment oftentimes has wonderful scholarships, but nobody asks. A lot of times it will be credit unions or banks or environments where students don't even think to look. And so we've been doing this for so long. We know where to look. We know where the legit scholarships are. If there is no essay needed, it is not a legit scholarship. Pass it by. Why? It's too easy. Everybody's going to do it. And it's not going to help you. If you're spending, you know, an hour on a scholarship that's going to get you a $50 reward, would you not be better going and getting a part-time job and learning a skill? So be mindful, right? They're not created equal. Picking the right college, if I can say this a million times, picking the right college mm -hmm. is like picking the right spouse, okay? Mm -hmm. Everything is much easier if you pick right versus if you don't. And that has hold true, especially because it's very expensive to transfer from one college to the next. Mm -hmm. What happens if someone didn't get accepted into the college that they were dreaming about, but then there's still hopes that they can do that next year or two, how, 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 how do you help them with that transition? So if a student didn't, well, if they came to us after they got rejected, 
our students don't get rejected to all their schools, so I haven't had to face that. But let's take this scenario. It's somebody who heard about us, but they've already made the mistake of picking the wrong schools and not getting accepted. We would then work with them on either a gap year plan or a transfer program, because once a student takes one college class, after they graduate, they now have to be a transfer student, which is way harder than getting in as a freshman. Mm. So it is not a good strategy, but it is possible to still finish up. They may choose to do two years of community college and get the undergrad out of the way and then transfer as you know, an upper division student, that is a possibility. They may go in as maybe a USC transfer Trojan program or, you know, any of the the big schools where it's like, okay, you get this GPA, you take these classes for a year and we will let you transfer in to this four-year university. So we can, we have gotten very creative and help students wherever they're at, because most of them are super frustrated before they get to us. And they're like, why didn't anybody tell me that I was picking the wrong schools, that I was not doing this process right? And a lot of parents think the high school is doing it, but unfortunately the high school, they just don't have the capacity to do it. And they don't know how much money your parents can afford. So there's mm-hmm. the other problem. You know, you're good at math, go to MIT. Well, what if you can't afford MIT? There's another problem. Yes. So it starts to compound for these young kids who are still just trying to figure out life. They don't know how to negotiate all of this on their own. And that is why college ready. Um, that's why we do what we do is because I've seen way too many families be in this desperate situation And then they marry somebody who has college debt. Now they're double debted. And you know, as a financial advisor, what that does, right? Oh, yes. (laughs) I very much much do. Yeah. And too, right? You have clients who still have their own student loans that they're paying off. And now here, here they come, right? Kids are getting ready to go to college. So it's, yes, it's, it it could go on for years. So how, um, how can our listeners connect with you? What would be the first initial step? I know you mentioned there is a book that everybody can get. Right. So if you go to freebook.collegereadyplan.com, you can get a copy of my best-selling book. And if you would like to uh, have 30 minutes of my time at no charge for being a listener on this podcast, you would just go to collegereadyplan.com slash free discovery session. And that is my gift to your listeners. Awesome. Shelly, thank you so much. That's very generous. I wasn't expecting, but I do know how much families need this. Any last minute thoughts? My last thought I love to leave families with is it's never too soon to start this process. The sooner you start, the more money you will save. Thank you so much for your time. I loved it. Thank you. Hey, Money Boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone, Uh, So don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years 
created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.